Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. I'm going to pick up on some one or two of the scriptures I, I used last week, but this really isn't a continuation. There's some thoughts that, that uh, tie in with last week, but this isn't a continuation. This is a fresh start here today. Romans chapter 1. I've already referred to the 16th verse. Romans chapter 1 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just, of course we know that means the righteous, shall live by faith. Now this, this statement is from Habakkuk, because it says as it is written, it's written in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse number 4 in the Old Testament. But it's repeated here in Romans, it's repeated again in Galatians, and it's repeated in Hebrews, uh, the book of Hebrews. So three times in the New Testament, this scripture is repeated for us. The just shall live by faith. You know, faith is the Christian's way of life. Amen. When it talks about the righteous, it's talking about God's people today, the believer. And so God requires us to live by faith. It is our way of life. And if you're not living by faith, you're not living right. Hear people talking about, well, have you been living right? Uh, you can be doing all the all the uh, the the good things and not getting into trouble, but if you're not living by faith, you're not living right. Amen. Living by faith. Well, and and I like Habakkuk's version of it, at least in the New King James. It says, "The righteous shall live by his faith." In other words, it's not the pastor's faith. The righteous don't live by the pastor's faith. Doesn't live by your. You don't live by your grandma's faith. You don't live by your mom and daddy's faith. You don't live by your 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 uh, prayer partner's faith. Amen. You don't live by your children's faith. You don't live by your spouse's faith. You don't live by your co-worker's faith. Amen. The just shall live by his own faith. It's a personal matter. We all have been given faith to live by, and it's our responsibility to put it into practice. Amen. Glory to God. And then go over with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And let's look at this verse. Verse number seven says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Now this tell, this gives us more information. The one verse that we read in Romans says, the righteous shall live by his faith, but doesn't explain it. This verse gives a little bit more. We, for we walk by faith. That's the same thing as living by faith. Living by faith, walking by faith. But it means not walking by sight. Not walking by your senses. Not walking by what you see. Not walking by what you hear. Not walking by what you feel or what other people tell you. Walking by faith is not walking by sight. And if and, and it's so easy because we live in a natural world. We do have five physical senses by which we contact this physical world. And these senses feed us information. I, 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 I can feel uh, this, this podium in front of me and I can see it. And I see I have a chair behind me in case I, my leg gets tired. You know, and I, so I'm aware of it. And it's good, it's good. 
uh, it's good to, 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 we have to be able to contact this world and know what's going on. We hear, we smell, we taste. But we're not to live our Christian life by those things. The Christian life is lived by, by what God says, what we hear the Spirit say. What God says takes precedence over what all these other things tell us. It doesn't mean that these other things don't have a place. They do have a place. But when God says something different, then we have a higher authority. We have a higher sense, a sixth sense, the sense of faith. Amen? Glory to God. We walk by faith and, uh, and not by sight. And so uh, uh, stir yourself up in that. Accept it. Amen? Uh, if you're not walking by faith, then start walking by faith. Ask yourself the, this question. This will tell you whether, you whether you're walking by faith or not. Do you have anything you're believing God for? I mean, right now, without going, well, you know, in the last six months, right now, did you come in here today believing God for something? Well, we should always be believing God for something. You say, well, everything's going good. That's, 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 that's good. That's wonderful. But there are more things out there. There are more victories to win. There are more conquests to, to, to have. And so stir yourself up in that. Amen. And then there's a reason for that. Go over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Verse number six. We, we talk about this sometimes. Uh, I usually, I mention this whenever I introduce this, uh, the visitor's booklet that we give everybody. But in verse six, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Referring to God. Without faith, it's impossible. You can't please God if you're not living and walking by faith. Now, there may be other things that pleases God, but you're not fully pleasing Him like you should without walking by faith because it's impossible. Even if you're doing the other things. If you're, if you're doing other things that you know to do, but you're not, you're not doing them by faith. See, sometimes, for instance, you know, the Bible says, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, now abides uh, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love is greater than faith. But when we love people who are easy to love, there's not any faith in that. When we love our friends, there's not any faith in that. When we love our children and our spouse and, 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 and dear people that are dear, you know, it's easy to love those that are, it's easy to love Deborah, she's lovable. But there's no faith in that. It's not until you love somebody that's not easy to love that you're walking by faith. That's, now you're loving people by faith. And believe me, there are plenty of people around. There are, there are plenty enough people around. You can find somebody to maybe, maybe you don't even talk to that person because they're not easy to talk to and you don't like them. Might as well be honest. Amen. How do, you, how do you know if you have an attitude with somebody? Well, whenever that person comes up to your mind, does, it, does your smile leave your face? You might have a problem. <laughs> Amen. If there's, a, if there's a brother and sister in this church, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm going to get there. If there's a brother and sister in this church, that uh, not necessarily doesn't warm your heart, but chills you a bit. 
uh, that's a good faith project right there. Amen. Because we're required to love people who don't treat us right. Or we don't think has treated us right. Or we don't we think they've got an advantage over us that we maybe thought we should have. Come on. And uh, we're required to put that behind us and look at that person and love them and put those feelings. Now, that's loving by faith. So even faith, even love, the greatest, has to be operated in faith. Amen. To fully please God. Amen. And then go over with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Does anybody remember that I taught from Ephesians 6 back in October? Anybody remember that? Anybody tell me where? What subject was? Thank you. I know you paid attention. The armor of God. Taking the whole armor of God. Deborah's going, I knew to say that. I knew it. <laughs> I taught for several weeks on the armor of God. And I got down to the very last one and I just gave it a cursory mention. Just a polite mention. Walking by faith. But in the... In the uh, 16th verse, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Now notice, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Hallelujah. Your shield of faith will, will quench everything, stop everything the enemy tries to throw you your way to shoot you down all his fiery tipped, you know, assaults that he sends against you that are, that are so stinging and so bothersome, that shield of faith will stop every one of them. It says so right here. Well, well, that makes that and these other scriptures, it's impossible to please God without faith and we're supposed to walk by faith, live by, live by faith. All these scriptures tell us how important faith is. You can't get around the faith life if you're going to be a successful Christian. Now, if you just come to church and listen and nod and agree and you don't go out and actually do it, you're not living it. Well, praise the Lord. That's the truth. Glory to God. And I mentioned this last last week when I was talking about, sort of talking, I was talking about faith, but talking about uh, unanswered prayer and the reason for unanswered prayer. I noticed that it says the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. It doesn't say the just used to live by faith. It doesn't say, for we used to walk by faith, but now we walk by sight. Do you get that? In other words, faith has to be today. It, it has to be something we don't just know about and believe in. And we practiced a few times, but we live in it. Are, are you living by faith today? That's the question. You see, the reason I ask that, it's so easy to grow complacent in our walk with God after our faith has delivered us from bondage and brought us into a life of blessing. Amen. After you have experienced what faith will bring you, what God has provided, and, and your quality of life, because if, if, if you'll put the principles of God's word in, in place, the quality of your life will rise. You will come to the top. If you'll just be diligent to live by faith, practice faith, speak the word of God, believe it, act on it, you you will come up. You'll come up from where, and, and most of us started out not just at the bottom of the barrel, but underneath the barrel. Amen, the barrel on top of us. We had to get rid of the barrel first. 
before we could even get in the barrel to start coming up. And, uh, and, and so many of us have experienced that. And it's easy as you, as you flourish in the things of God and the blessings of God really take root in your home and your life and your, and your body and your finances. It's easy to become complacent and uh, just sort of coast. But you can't do that. Amen. You need to be mindful of where you came from. Amen. You know, Caleb was was 40 years old, uh, 45 years old, I think, when 40 or I think 40 years old, when when he left uh, uh, Egypt in the Exodus. And Moses had, Moses had promised to give him a certain mountain. Well, they were 40 years in the wilderness. So now he's 80. And then there was another five years after that before the before Joshua started really uh, dividing the land among the tribes. And so now uh, Caleb's 85 years old. And he brought that up to Joshua. He said, now, remember what Moses, the man of God, said to me. He gave me this mountain. He said, I'm 85 years old today, and I'm just as strong now as I was when I was 40. I'm just as capable of taking that mountain. He said, in other words, when he said give him that mountain, he, he, he meant uh, allot that to me. Let that be my allotment. But there were, there were uh, uh, enemies. That was the land. The, the mountain he took was the land where, where, where the giants came from. And he said, you give me that mountain. I'll take it. He said, I'm just as able to take it today as I was 40 years ago and so forth. And, and he took it. And he drove out those giants. So what I'm saying is there will always be giants. <laughs> Good news. Amen. Uh, there, there, this life and this walk will always require our faith. You never get beyond. You never graduate because of the blessing of God. The blessings of God don't cause you to graduate away from faith and out of faith. There are seasons of life. And there are phases of ministry, but they all require faith. Amen. You know, when I'm thinking about seasons of life, I'm thinking about, I see, you know, our, our high schoolers over here, our teenagers, young, young people. You know, it requires faith to live for God. And if you're going to be an influence in your school, and if you're going to have, you know, God wants you to be an influencer, not the influencee. Amen. Well, to be an influencer, you're going to have to have favor with people. You have to have, that's something to believe God for. Believe God for favor with your classmates, so that, that, that people like you. Amen. And, of course, you have to be likable. You can't be a toad. <laughs> Act like an old toad, you know, just mean and snarly and, you know, but... Uh, believe God to be an influencer. Believe for favor. Believe favor for favor with your teachers. Believe for all of the things that are necessary for your education. That you'll that you'll develop good study habits and act on that and and be able to comprehend and get good grades and make something. So there are stages in life. Uh, be believe in God for for the right people to come into your life, friends that you need, people that you need to one day date. You don't want to date the wrong person. So what I'm saying is in stages of life, it doesn't matter what the stage is. You, you know, when you're when you're in your retirement years, that's that's a stage of life that still requires faith. Amen. And all in between, all of these stages, I think of, of uh, when I was a, a young, uh, very young man, 
You know, my wife and I got married real early, real young, and we weren't prepared for married life. And, uh, and, and we wasted a couple of years where we were just out of the will of God. <coughs> and uh, because I had put Christianity out of my mind, it just, just didn't want anything to do with it. I mean, I, 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 I sunk, you know, into, into uh, uh, a wasteland. And I, I came across some scriptures a few years ago, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share them with you. Turn with me over to turn to Jer- Jeremiah chapter two. You've heard me talk about this before, but I want to go in a little bit more detail. Jeremiah chapter uh, two. Jeremiah two. Verse two. The Lord is speaking. He said, "I remember you." The kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown, Israel was holiness to the Lord. Now this is the Lord saying, I remember you when you when you were when you first went after me, when you loved me more than anybody else and anything else. I remember when I got back into fellowship with the Lord. Uh, this was so true. I went after the Lord in the wilderness. I was in the wilderness. I mean, I was living in in uh, uh, a very uh, in just what this says to me: the wilderness and a land not sown. In other words, I hadn't put any word in yet. I mean, I was just beginning to get a hold of the Word of God. I hadn't planted much. I was there was no crop coming in. The Word wasn't producing a whole lot yet. And so I had all of these problems. I had marriage problems and physical problems and financial problems and relationship problems, problems on the job. Most of these things I had created myself. And I was in the wilderness, but I went after him, but, but it was a land not sown. The, the word hadn't produced anything yet. Now, with that thought in mind, dro- drop on down to verse number six. Neither did they say, where is the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt? who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of the death, shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed, where no one dwelt. This to me just is so remindful of when I first started uh, serving God, when I first got back into fellowship with the Lord. I mean, it was it was a wilderness that I'd come in where I'd met the Lord. And... Uh, you know, without the not this this to me speaks to life in Christ without the knowledge of our inheritance. When we don't know what belongs to us, this life is 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 like a desert. It's full of pits, full of 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 uh, lurking hazards. Uh, it's a land of of dryness, and, and we're not in death. We've been delivered from death, but the shadow of death is all around us. And uh, it's a land that, that people can't make it through on their own. People go out on that land. It's, it's a land that no one crossed. No one lived there because you go out there and you die. That was what it was like when I first got in fellowship with the Lord. I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything producing for God. But I went after it, praise God. And he brought me, look at the, the next part of that verse. He brought me into a bountiful country. Glory to God. To eat its fruit and its goodness. Glory to God. Uh, go over with me to uh, Deuteronomy. Talks about the same thing. Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. 
Verse number 10, talking about Jacob. He said, he found him in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. For some reason, that just resonates with me because the wilderness I was in was was a howling wilderness. I'd been living and hanging out with people that were just out of control. I mean, we were just all out of control. And, uh, And when I came in, there was such peace. When I came to Christ, it was like coming in out of a storm. And yet, the storm was still all around me. So I found him in a desert land and in a wasteland in a howling wilderness. He encircled him. The Lord encircled me, encircled you, instructed me, instructed you. During that time when you first made the decision to live for the Lord, you didn't know squat, but God encircled you. He began to minister to you took you in, began to care for you, glory to God, and kept you as the apple of his eye. He had to, but I'll tell you what, glory to God. Uh, As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreads out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings, so so the Lord alone led him, and there was no foreign God with him. I tell you what, when, when I came to the Lord, many of you could say the same thing. I, I You know, I, uh, I'd been raised in church, but, and don't misunderstand me, the, the things that, uh, that I had learned in church caused me problems when I got back into fellowship with some of the traditions. But I hadn't started, when I got back into fellowship with the Lord, I, I thank God He delivered me and brought me into a place of teaching where I right away began to learn the truth. And as an adult, and as really setting my my course to live for God, I didn't let the traditions of man get a grip on me. Now, now the traditions that I had heard growing up, they still tripped me up. But it's not like I, I got back into fellowship of the Lord and started going to a denominational church and then owned all of those traditions, started learning them and believing them, sharing them, defending them. You know how people do that. People defend their traditions. I mean, they take them and they're, they're more important to them than the, what the Bible says. You can tell them what the Bible says. Well, well, here people say, well, I just believe it this way. <laughs> yeah, but the Bible says this. Well, I'm going to tell you how I have it all figured out. Well, that's not up to us to, to figure it out. God's already figured it out. So I was grateful that as soon as I got back into fellowship with the Lord, I was introduced to sound teaching. I, I mean, it was my, it might not have been my first service, but one of the very first few services back, somebody put a Kenneth Hagin book in my hand. Whoo, glory to God, talking about rocking my world. I'd never heard these things before. And uh, let's go on reading here. Hallelujah. So the Lord alone led him. There was no foreign God with him. I thank God I didn't get mixed up. Amen. He made him ride in the heights of the earth that he might eat the produce of the fields. We had to sow to do that. He made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock. Oh, glory to God. He made me draw honey from the rock. Glory to God. The the psalmist said, your word is sweet in my mouth. It's like honey. To my taste, glory to God. 
I, I thank God that I was introduced to the Word. I began to feed on the Word. I mean, the howling wilderness was still all around me, but it was getting quieter. It was becoming calmer every day. And, and, and you know, I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful that I was introduced to. He goes on to say in this verse, let me finish this out. He says, uh, he made him draw honey from the rock. Now, 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 let, go over to... Uh, Go over to Psalm 81. To, to, uh, it's a companion to this verse. Psalm 81. Psalm 81. Let's look at verse. Because it says he made him draw honey from the rock. Have you found Psalm 81? Okay, hold your place. Go back to Deuteronomy 32. It's an exercise. Listen to me. Praise the Lord. I just have so many things going on on the inside of me right now. Uh, let's go back to 13, 32, Deuteronomy 32, 13. He made him ride in the heights of the earth that he might, that he might eat the produce of the fields. He made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock, curds from the cattle and milk of the flock with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of, of Bashan and goats. Now here's the point that I wanted to get to. I, I missed it before I turned over there, Psalm 81. With the choicest wheat. Fed me with the choicest wheat. Glory to God. If you go over to Psalm 81. Psalm 81, verse number 16. He would have, verse 16 says, He would have fed them also with the finest of wheat. The the margin of my Bible says in, in, in the original Hebrew, that says the fat of the wheat. He fed him, would have fed him with the finest of wheat the fat of the wheat, with honey from the rock. I'm so grateful that that I was introduced to the finest of the wheat. I mean, I don't misunderstand me. The church that I had grown up in uh, and I went back to, there were a lot of good things going on there. And I and, and there had a lot of traditions that, that I had to overcome and, and get weeded out. But there was a lot of truth there too. And I could have been blessed there. But God saw fit to introduce me to the finest of the wheat. In, in, in over the years, my wife and I had the opportunity to sit at the feet of Kenneth E. Hagin for years, be in his meetings, get to know him personally, uh, and, and to feed from, from the lips of, in my estimation, the foremost apostle, prophet, and teacher of our generation. Thank God. Thank God. I, I, I've thought so many times, you know, if the Lord had led me or if in my rebellion, if I had refused to go to that church, maybe I'd gone across town to a different church. I might have never been exposed to the to the to this kind of wheat, this kind of teaching, this kind of food. Glory to God. I'm a grateful man. You have to bear with me. I'm grateful. Glory to God. And so that that the word of God. And my faith in the Word of God brought me through all the seasons of life. You know, like I said, we were first married and didn't know what we were doing, had children right away, you know, and, and uh, weren't, weren't really ready to, to raise children. But, but God helped us, gave us direction. And, uh, you know, you're, you know your parents. You, now, there's a, there's a mid area there for you when you're out of high school and you're single and you're not married yet. That, that's a season of life. You need faith. Need faith for all of the decisions and things that you, because you're planning your future. And, uh, and it takes faith to, 
it takes it takes faith to create your future. If you want if you want a future the way you dream and the way you want, you have to believe God for it. It's not just going to fall on you. It's not just going to unfold before you like in the movies. Amen. You're gonna you're gonna plant that seed, water that seed, watch over that seed, confess that word, and then you'll have the life that you dream of. And, and God did that for us. And then you know when you're raising children, oh my Lord. The child rearing years. Any any marriage counsel counselor will tell you those are the toughest years on a marriage is when you have children. And because there's just a lot of demands on you. And you need faith for that. You have to have faith for that. We raised our children by faith and and, and with a good backhand. <laughs> Amen. And uh spoke the word of God over them. Hallelujah. And and, and then when you get older. And, and you don't have children at home. Those are, and God is blessing you. Don't turn loose of your faith. Because God, what God got, what the Lord used to get you through those earlier stages, you still need in the later stages of life. And now we're, my wife and I, well, she's not quite there yet, but I'll turn 70 in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, we're, we see things differently than we used to see. They're, they're, there are challenges in every season of life. There's challenges in every phase of ministry that we go into, and it demands faith. Amen. You will never live unchallenged. Never live unchallenged. Praise the Lord. Well, in order to do that, we have to, we have to make sure our faith is robust. And so I, I entitled this, and I don't really think it's the best title, but it's the best I can come up with, Fresh Faith. We need fresh faith. Yesterday's faith won't work. It has to be fresh. It has to be vibrant. It has to be alive on the inside of us. Amen. And so the next time when I when I talk about this, I'll talk about uh, how to how to to freshen our faith. Amen. I tell you what, every generation, every season, every body, every person, every individual you have to work on your faith. Just, just, just like your car has to be tuned up from time to time, or it starts running bad, your faith has to be tuned up. If you don't, if you don't do some maintenance on your computer, it'll start getting goofy on you. Isn't that right? Start slowing down, doing things that ought not do. Weird things will come up on the screen. Your, your, your computer has to be tuned up. Your tablet and your phone has to be tuned up. Has to have downloads from time to time to. Improve things, isn't that right? Correct things. Hallelujah. Your marriage has to have two notes. Your haircut has to be two notes. Everything in life requires two notes. Our faith requires two notes. We need periodic adjustments. And so we'll be talking about that. Amen. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just so thankful. For all that God has done. He brought me out of that wilderness. Brought me into a land of, of plenty. Brought me into a land of blessing. Glory to God. And I look out here and I see how much God's blessed me. Every single face I look at is a blessing from God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. He's been good to us. He's made us fruitful. But I know the key for remaining fruitful is, is what made us fruitful in the beginning. And that was our faith in God. 
Amen. Why don't we stand? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Oh, we're grateful, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. For those that are might still be in the wilderness stage. Encourage their hearts, Lord, to seek after you. Don't accept any any anything less than your best. Glory to God, because they'll come out of that. They'll come through that. And as they speak the word of God and begin practicing the word of God in the wilderness, those crops will begin to grow. The land will begin to take the seed, begin to, to grow and grow up and produce a harvest. And that wilderness will be transformed into a land of abundance. Glory to God. Encourage those today. Encourage those that are in different stages of life where the blessing of God has been working. Stir them up, Father, to, to keep applying their faith. Keep reaching for more. Keep reaching for more. Because a man without a vision for more is an unprofitable servant. When we lose our vision for, for more of you, more from you, and to do more for you, we become unprofitable. We don't want to live our lives in, in, in the blessing of God and in the end become unfruitful and unprofitable. Glory to God. Encourage every heart today, Father, I pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.